It may be down 80% from its all-time high, but some say Bitcoin is the world's best-performing asset class of the past 10 years. Google searches for Bitcoin are on the climb, and Bitcoin is still more valuable than Venezuelan currency. One of the 50 states is now accepting crypto for tax payments. The University of Tokyo is launching a blockchain course, and Overstock makes a bold move to focus on blockchain. I'm Joel Kamm, and along with Travis Wright, we're going to cover the latest news happening in the crypto world. It's Thursday, November 29th, and this is the Bad News episode number 213 of the Bad Crypto Podcast. And welcome to the Bad Crypto Podcast, the show for the crypto curious, the crypto serious, and the not so serious, the silliest, Mr. Travis Wright, right here. I I guess I'm the silliest? <laughs> you can be. I can be silly. You know what? It's like, it's I have like, silly. I have a couple of modes. It's like, I'm either like really focused and I'm like deep in thought and I'm, I'm asking these super relevant questions and I'm just like thinking about the, or I'm just in total joke mode. It's like- yeah. That's what you get with Travis, like super thoughtful or joke mode. And I've always been like that. There's like, I remember in grade school, like I would get kicked out of school, kicked out of my class because I said something hilarious and I had to go out in the hallway and then the principal would see me and then I'd get a SWAT because I said something hilarious. They were literally trying to SWAT the hilarity out of me, Mr. Joel Comp. I did not let them. And they put a dunce cap on you and I see you're still wearing the dunce cap. Oh, oh, man. Now, this is world champion a couple years ago. Happened. That just happened right there. Oh, yeah, hey, you like Joe Com, such a hater. Glad everybody's here. And we want to give a shout out to our show sponsor, Digitex. Digitex, Digitex, Digitex. Digitex, Digitex. We are fans of Digitex so much so that we are actually advisors. And what they're doing is they are building this commission-free trading platform for Bitcoin, Ethereum, Litecoin, and in the future, maybe some others in the in the future, right? Uh, there's some rumblings about that. Uh, so this rate this, that was this just trading my platform, that, that, that was was? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Very good. Very good. Uh, yeah. So their trading platform will eliminate all transaction fees as well as withdrawal and deposit fees. It's really interesting the way they're doing this, and they do that with their DGTX token. And uh, so you can actually sign up for their exchange. They have over 500,000 people now in line, way more than that now at this point, that are trying to be part of this, get early access to the wait list, badco.in forward slash futures. That will get you early access. You put your name in there, and then whenever they go live and they launch their uh, their platform, you can have access to it. Yeah, because, like, why wouldn't you want access mm-hmm. to that? That's true. Cool. Um, and also shout out to Rachel Wilson, the crypto chick. Her new show is off to the races. Brought us a great interview with Justin Sun. And now she has her own podcast called The Crypto Chick. And uh, her first episode was talking dApps or dApps. Sorry, I better say it right. dApps with J- David Johnston, the creator of dApps. And that is a weekly show. If you guys haven't checked it out yet, thecryptochick.io is the place for you to go O. That is true. And you know what? She's done such a fabulous job. She started out, her and, um, well, we had them on the show, her and, and Sarah Austin on the show about six months ago or so. And they were doing interviews and podcasts. And 
And then just every once in a while they would be on. And, but then Rachel just kept interviewing all these amazing people. When she goes to these events, she is a machine. And so we had all this backlog of content that she had. Let's let's, let's get you going on your own show. You got so much content already. Yeah, right? she is. Uh, she's putting out a lot of content. So you guys can go check it out at the crypto chick. Io. There's the website uh, for those of you that are viewing live. And there's lovely Rachel, not in a bikini, but if you follow her on Instagram or on Twitter, um, her her Insta account is actually blockchain and bikinis. So uh, she does wear one well. A lot of times, you know, like a lot of times she, I don't think she's ever done any interviews in bikinis, but if she's anywhere near a beach, she is in a bikini for sure. Totally is. Okay, we got lots of news for you. So let's get jiggy with it. And checking out Coin Market Cap right now, time stamped for uh, Thursday, the 29th of November at 2.08 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. That's four on the East Coast and one on the left coast. $137 billion market cap. Bitcoin, 42.39. Ripple, 37 cents. Ethereum, 118. Bcash, ABC, about 180. While Bcash SV is about 93. Stellar, 16 cents. EOS, three bucks. Litecoin, 33 and change. And Tether, 99.87. So almost pegged back to its $1 point again. Yep, yep. Uh, it's been a crazy week here in in crypto land. I mean, we didn't do a bad news last week because of, of Thanksgiving, and we figured nobody's going to tune in. You know, having us, you know, post tryptophan and all the turkey. Uh, but this last two weeks, man, crypto has went down o the holo, and it's been <laughs> it's been bad, yo. It is cornholio. Yeah, blockchain holio. Sure. Yeah, it's it's been a rough ride for sure. And many people wondering, have we seen the bottom? Is this the bottom? Or could things go even lower? It's you know, it's crazy. It's possible. Mm-hmm. Well, there's there's different people who have talked about, you know, different things on this. And I've chatted with a few different, you know, folks who are big on technical analysis. And so one of them said, if we hit 30, if we go below 3,700, we're going to test 3,000. They said, if we go below 3,000, we're going to test 2,400. Or we go below 2,400, we're going to hit 1,800. If we go below 1,800, we're going to hit 1,000. <laughs> so it's I, like, just, I, I just can't imagine that, you know, with Bitcoin being really the the granddaddy of all cryptocurrencies, you know, there's these people that complained at 20,000. I wish I picked it up at 15 or 16. <laughs> now you can get it for 4,200 and you might be able to even get it cheaper before uh, we make our next run, assuming we are going to make that next run. Mm. And you know what? That's the thing about this. Like every other crypto is tied to Bitcoin. Right. And so when Bitcoin goes down, the price normally goes down of all of them. Right. Because it's like, as you said, Bitcoin's the big daddy. It's almost like oil and how oil pretty much worldwide is tied to the U.S. dollar. The value of the U.S. dollar goes down. The price of oil goes up. The price of oil goes down. The price of the the value of the dollar goes up. I mean, it's tied to that. Crypto is tied to Bitcoin. And so maybe as it evolves more, Mr. Joe Comp, maybe with those stable coins, We'll start seeing, you know, the, the there'll be more, you know, less volatility because of Bitcoin, you know, going up and down. 
Uh, and I think that that's, that's stable coins are the thing that can really help us all uh, in this, especially for merchants who are looking to, you know, uh, trade, buy, and, you know, be able to uh, sell uh, or take payments in crypto. You know, what is if you take crypto, you, you take some Bitcoin, and all of a sudden it, it, it tanks 80% and you didn't sell it. And so now you've, you've lost money on that. So that's why stable coins are pretty, pretty important. I, think I just want to know when's Tether going to moon. Probably not going to moon, brother. Uh, well, let's jump into our first story then right around this topic. Uh, there's a gentleman named Anthony Pompliano. He's mm-hmm. in the crypto industry investor, and he said on CNBC's Squawk Box just a few days ago that Bitcoin will likely fall to about $3,000. That's what he's saying it could happen. Uh, but here's what's really optimistic, and this is a quote from him. Bitcoin is the most secure transaction settlement layer in the world, so it's got to be worth something. It's the best performing asset class over the past 10 years. It's outperformed the S&P. Dow, NASDAQ during the longest bull run. It experienced two 85% drops during that time, but it's still up over 400% in the last two years. And he also alludes that major players are getting involved like Fidelity and New York Stock Exchange. So how can it not be a solid investment? Well, you know, the price to actually mine Bitcoin is higher than, you know, some of those numbers that we've been talking about, right? It costs more than $1,000 to mine a Bitcoin at this point. Um, I think if it goes below $3,000, we're going to see even more miners shutting down. And then what happens when more and more miners shut down and more and more hash power goes away? Is that a power play by whales that are trying to do that stuff? I don't necessarily know, but um, it is interesting to, to have seen this to seeing this ride but if you're familiar with with crypto in the past this has happened multiple times i mean this 85 percent loss uh, from all-time highs that's happened three or four different times already in crypto it's like it's like it goes way up oh then it crashes it went from all the way up to 30 something dollars and then it crashed all the way down to two then it went up all the way up to like I don't know, $1,300 or something, then it crashed all the way down to like a hundred something dollars or 200 something dollars. And so this is not something that is foreign in this space. It is volatile. And that's why, you know, there's more and more solutions that are coming up that are, you know, working towards, you know, alleviating some of that volatility for retail investors. Because, you know, if you're trying to hodl, like everyone says, hodl, just hodl, hodl, hodl. Well, guess what? You should have sottled. <laughs> sottled. <laughs> You didn't soddle. Uh, And everybody wishes that we could go back in that time machine to January 7th, 2018 and unload when the crypto markets was $850 billion. Today, it's $130-something billion. That's a big, big drop. I soddled a little. You soddled a little? That's good. I foddled. You got to know when to hoddle, know when to foddle, know when to walk away, when the dealing's done. Here's some more interesting news around Bitcoin. The Google search for the term Bitcoin has hit its highest level since April. Now, when you take a look at this chart for the Google searches and you see, you know, back in in, uh, late December and January, interest was huge. And then it just fell off into uh, mid-March and it's been, you know, relatively low and it's up a bit, you know, Still, it looks like just a little bit that it's up, but it does show that people are searching 
for Bitcoin more. Mm-hmm. And uh, people have speculated that the price of Bitcoin and Google search trends are correlated. So that if we see, you know, searches increasing, maybe that means a price increase is coming. Well, sometimes that means there's more hype around it or there's more news being talked about it. So I'm actually on Google. I'm on trends.google.com. I typed in Bitcoin uh, the week of December 17th to December 23rd of last year. Bitcoin, that's the highest point. That's 100. If we scroll down to where over here um, on the graphic where we are, uh, Bitcoin at about November 4th through the 10th, Bitcoin was at a five compared to uh, December of last year. Now it's sitting at a 14 compared to last year, but that is the highest that it has been since, uh, let me go back here and look. Yeah, since since uh, March, April. April was when it dipped. April 1st, April 7th, that was the last time that it got that high. But I think a lot of the news has been around crypto is crashing, Bitcoin is down. And so people are searching because they hadn't thought about it in nine months. And now they want to go check it and see how much their crypto is worth. And now they're sad. This is kind of funny because you can see interest in our podcast is really similar to that. If you go to trends, you type bad crypto podcast, you can see interest was at an all time high the week of January 7th to 13th. And we, too, are seeing a little uptick here as we enter into uh, this week, like a bunch of a really solid uptick this week. So kind of funny. Oh man, that was we had a big uptick. uptick. Wow, that is hilarious. Well, actually, our biggest time was uh, January seventh through January thirteenth. Whenever mm-hmm. crypto was at its all time high, bad crypto was at its all time high. That's good. Uh, a different approach from an article in the L.A. Times. They're saying that um, you know Venezuela's inflation is around forty nine thousand uh, percent right now. 49,000%. That is absolutely crazy. So Bitcoin is still worth more than the, the Venezuelan Bolivar, but, um, you know, the 85% de- 80% decline in value certainly is going toe-to-toe with that. When you look at this, it says Bitcoin plunges again. Now the only currency worse than Bitcoin is Venezuela's. Like, yeah, I don't, I don't actually believe that. And what kind know, of garbage is that? I mean, it's still like even if you even if you bought crypto like a year and a half ago, two years ago, and then you you held it. I mean, the, the value of it is still way higher than it than it has been. The thing is, even with it at four thousand dollars before it took this ginormous you know march up to twenty thousand dollars, it was still around two thousand dollars. And so if you bought it when it was around $2,000 before the hype cycle really kicked into play, then you're doing well. Most people probably, if they got in early, they bought it much less than $2,000 and they're still happy. They probably bought it around two, three, four, five hundred $500 if they got in in early or mid-2016. So, I mean, it depends on when you're comparing the asset to. Yeah, if this year it's tanked 80%, it's not the only time it's done that. But how many times have we heard, Mr. Joel Com, that Bitcoin is dead? It's dead many so times? many times. By the way, uh, this is in the L.A. Times, but they are owned by the Washington Post. This is actually a Washington Post story. So that pretty much tells you all you need to know. Uh, mm-hmm. But you can check it out for yourself. We, we like to provide um, all different points of view. And then you go read it and you decide, is this a bogus story or not? Mm hmm. Yeah. Some people say this is fake news. Some people may not say it's fake news. I say it's news. 
all news, do your own research on. I don't really fully believe any piece of news. I always go to multiple sources and most of the time, not mainstream sources. And I do my own research because that's what you got to do today, folks. Mm. So this article on Forbes uh, centers around a future guest who is heavily involved in the crypto space, Michael Turpin. I didn't know he did this, but he filed a $224 million lawsuit mm-hmm. against AT&T saying that they had failed to protect his phone number even after escalating his account, and he lost $24 million in a hack of cryptos. So he has um, he, he's suing them for 10 times that. And uh, I hope he gets them because these carriers uh, really have not demonstrated that they understand security. Mm-hmm. You know, the only ones that I've seen that we've talked to, Verizon and Sprint in America are pretty good about it, mm-hmm. uh, at least for security. But AT&T and T-Mobile, they've been horrendous. Uh, I am part of a group on Facebook, a private group of folks who have been hacked through the SIM card jacking process. That happened to me back in October of last year. They were trying to steal my cryptos. Uh, that's like episode badco.in forward slash like 34, 35, something like that. Uh, you can go back and read that. But we got them all. You don't know when all the episodes were? Uh, we were at 260 some odd. It's, it's hard to know all that. But um, that's about when I got hacked. It was in October. And it's been amazing. Like T-Mobile has like, there's like this back door that was open from these hackers where they didn't even have to talk to anybody in operations or anybody in customer service. They literally could go on the dark web and say, I want this phone number switched to mine on from T-Mobile. And then they had some back door that was, that was able to do that. Once I learned that, I was like, oh my God, I got to get off of T-Mobile because I, I can't have that. And then, you know, AT&T has had this problem a whole lot. Those are the two that has had the most problems with SIM card jacking. So if you are in crypto and you want to keep your crypto and you, you're you not, you know, super savvy when it comes to security, <laughs> you may want to to look at moving over to Verizon or Sprint. And they are not sponsors of the show. <laughs> they should be because it's it's certainly the, uh, the right audience mm-hmm. for anybody that's in uh, crypto. I would not consider ever, again, being with the uh, those other carriers their lack of security anyway you guys can go to the show notes at badco.in a forward slash 213 and read this article it's type it's called thefts hacks and surveillance whose side is blockchain on yeah speaking uh, speaking of hacks now there's been a lot of issues that have happened and actually uh one of my my business partner contacted me over the weekend and said hey this law firm in town here has, has gotten hacked and they said that uh, they're they're not going to give them back their information until they pay them three Bitcoin to do that. We need to pay them three Bitcoin so we can get their keys so we can because they've locked all their data and they're going to be out of power for the whole, you know, until they pay them. And they literally paid them. And they said within 30 minutes, they gave them the keys back. Well, this next piece of news is really huge because it ties into that. U.S. regulators have tied two Bitcoin addresses to Iranian ransomware plot. And they have tried to, um, they, they basically called out these crypto addresses on a sanction, uh, which is really interesting. And so there's these two residents that they're calling out, Ali Khorajzadeh and Mohammed Gorbanian. Shabadababu. Uh, well, here's the thing. They've, if you read this article and you read the news, they have over 7,000 Bitcoin transactions into that, into uh, Iranian real, which is their currency. They processed over 6,000 Bitcoin, which is worth millions of dollars. 
and they've been I think there's over, they've hit over 200 million 200 excuse me 200 confirmed victims with this type of thing they've been hitting corporations hospitals university government agencies law firms so these are not the only people that are out there doing that I'm 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 sure but to snag a couple of big ones and being able to identify who they are that is good because the FBI people are on it they're trying to figure out who these people are who are scamming and and, and, and basically ransoming their data and ransoming their company. It's horrible that they do that, but I'm glad that they're starting to get uh, starting to get a smackdown, at least identify who the hell they are. Blockchain and crypto are neither good nor evil. They are amoral. Uh, it just depends who's using them in the hands of uh, people that are unscrupulous. Then you have unscrupulous things happen. Good news here in the United States of America, the United the state of Ohio is going to become the first state to accept Bitcoin as tax payment, according to the Wall Street Journal. It's only for businesses initially and then individual taxpayers in the future. But you can, if you're a business in Ohio, you can register to pay all of your taxes in Bitcoin. Mm, that's good. Now, you know what? This is a key indicator of crypto becoming more mainstream, right? I mean... That's great news. And here's what's going to happen is you're going to pay in Bitcoin for your taxes. There'll be some stable coin or some conversion over to, you know, fiat immediately. And a lot of I don't know if they're if if governments are using tools like coinpayments.net or not, but or using Shapeshift or some of those other ones where they can convert that money easily, but that's, you know, that's really what needs to happen and that's what is happening more so. So, I find this really interesting. I think that more and more states are going to, I think what Georgia had something going on about accepting crypto. Georgia and Arizona, both of them fell short to uh, move forward. Um, you know, politicians get involved and uh, most of them, they don't understand this stuff, mm -hmm. right? If you were to ask most members of, uh, you know, Congress, um, you know, what is Bitcoin? I bet you most could not explain to you any more than it's a digital currency. Mm. Yep. Well, well, you, you, you've heard, I mean, I don't know if you guys watched the Zuckerberg thing whenever he went to Congress. I mean, most people don't even know what the hell internet is. They're all like, well, so what do you do? Or they're like, well, uh, we actually, we sell advertising. Oh, yeah. wow. Okay. Well, they, they, they're so clueless about Facebook and Facebook's been around since 04. You mean to tell me they're going to be crypto and blockchain experts? No, they don't even know how to turn on their computer. Most of them probably, at least the old ones. On the other side of the world, the University of Tokyo. Tokyo is a place on my bucket list. I really want to go there someday. They Have you been, been in there at all? Have you been to Japan, like through an airport or anything? Uh, yeah, yet? just through an airport, but that's that doesn't count to me. I, I know, did that too, and I got then I had to fly back to San Francisco with the worst case of sushi food poisoning in my entire life, and that was the worst flight. Oh my god, five hours of dry heaving over the ocean was awesome. That's lovely. I'm, I'm scared of Tokyo now. I'm literally scared to go there and eat food. Dude, just gonna just go there and fast. I guess. Yeah. Thanks for uh, for sharing that delicious story. It was with good. Us. Yeah. Well, luckily, I, luckily, I was uh, you know near the restroom. <laughs> Are you done? I'm done. Yes. For yeah. now. Okay. So the University of Tokyo is offering a blockchain course at its graduate engineering school. There was an eight hundred thousand dollar donation from a consortium that includes the Ethereum Foundation and a big Japanese banker whose name I'm not going to try to pronounce. It's called... Sumitomo Mitsui. Right. 
the blockchain innovation donation course. And it runs for a few years. There's corporate sponsors involved. And the goal of it is to cultivate blockchain entrepreneurs. So why, why would you want to do that when crypto's over? Mm. Yeah, Bitcoin's dead. Blockchain's over. It's a big fad. You know what? Now is now is where we're starting to get the mainstream stuff. Now these universities, there's universities all over the world that have courses on cryptocurrency and blockchain now. More and more blockchain developers are being built or being, you know, <laughs> developed because they're learning the new skills. That's what's really missing is a lot of really top talented, you know, blockchain developers, uh, Solidity, uh, and some of these other different programs that are being that are that they're they're using. Well, you know, learn this stuff. If you're a programmer, you know, I had a friend of mine that I used to do business with, and he um, he's been sort of out of the loop. And um, he, he I was I was chatting with him. I was like, man, it's like I know you're a great coder. You need to start learning. You need to start learning the cryptos, man. Start learning how to code in blockchain because if you go look on like job sites like Indeed.com, like the amount of money they pay for top developers is just ridiculous. Plus, if you hook yourself up to a nice project and get some tokens. That could be a nice big win. So a lot of opportunities with blockchain. Uh, remember the uh, old Wendy's commercial with the old lady that was like, where's the beef? Mm -hmm. I do remember that. We found the beef. It's on the blockchain. Found the beef. Yeah. Did you also see that picture of that really big cow this week? The one where you posted oh that on your gosh. Facebook. Yeah, that was a huge cow. He was, he was amazing. Maybe I should put a link to the cow uh, in the show notes as well, just for people's amusement. Uh, right yeah. next to, uh, you know, Japan. South Korea, uh, of course, on the other side of North Korea, their government has announced plans to use beef tracking blockchain tech. Yeah, mm -hmm. so you'll be able to, they'll be able to track the beef everywhere through the supply chain to know this is, you know, this is the cow it came from. Well, precisely at this GPS coordinates at this moment, sir. Right, moo. <laughs> no, that's great, though, because, I mean, you know, we have another story here later on, but, I mean, there's there's food issues that if you don't know where that stuff come from, they just throw it all out, like the right. romaine issue, right? Mm -hmm. Oh, it was bad romaine. Oh, well, nobody's going to eat any romaine from anywhere. But you could go, no, 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 this was romaine from Iowa, from this particular farm that went to this place and to this place. Then they can go oh, grab that, grab that. Then they don't have to waste all of the food. It's a much better way if you have food on the blockchain, especially produce, especially meats and beef and seafood and different things. So you know where they are. That way, if those things go wrong, even like there's so many use cases on that, like auto auto parts, right? How many times do you hear like of a of a recall of some part and they go, oh, we have this major problem with this component, but they don't know which cars that's in because they never tracked it on the blockchain. Now, as blockchain starts tracking all that stuff, way more accountability, that technology and transparency is going to allow them to eliminate a lot of those extra costs that come from those recalls. Well, and along those lines, there's a story on Forbes, what blockchain has to do with Turkey, Turkey, <laughs> Turkey, Turkey, romaine lettuce, and food safety. Bruce Wiley, who's a contributor in the healthcare section of Forbes, has uh, written this story that will tell you about the companies that are getting involved, the government agencies that are getting involved, and why this is so super important that we use blockchain to track our fruits. Uh, the words are not coming out. Why mm -hmm. it's so important that we use blockchain to track our food supply. Mm -hmm. uh, IBM is one of the ones we've covered in the past that's referenced here in this article, the IBM Food Trust. They've mm -hmm. got 10 different partners that are showing how blockchain can be used to trace food. Walmart is you know, tracing leafy greens. 
using the IBM Food Trust. And there's so many more use cases that are now popping up. It's actually a really cool website. Go check out go check out the link in the show. It's IBM.com forward slash uh well no, it's a really long one. It's solutions forward slash so yeah, oh no, it's actually it's IBM.com forward slash blockchain forward slash solutions forward slash uh food dash trust. But you can see that from the show notes from the Forbes article. If you guys have not heard, there's this continuing salmonella outbreak that's linked to Turkey, and there's this E. coli thing going on with romaine lettuce. And again, if they're not able to determine the specific sources of that contamination, they just say, avoid all turkey, avoid all romaine. And that is a problem, especially when it's just like a, it could be like 0.001% of all romaine that's screwed up that has this E. coli, but they don't know. So the CDC, the Center for Disease Control and Prevention, they basically say, eliminate all of it. You know, be careful and don't eat any of it. And that's bad for business. Blockchain is good for business. This is another way where they can just control that and isolate the damaged goods. You know, there there are, if you go search on Facebook, there are people named Sal Monella. <laughs> A lot of them. Some of them yeah, might be fake they're accounts. They're probably all fake, though. They're probably all I fake. I don't know. I, I think that uh, some of them are probably I'm real. Salvador, I'm Salvador or Salmonella. Right? Or Sally, right? There's some women on yeah. there. So, well, Travis, have you used this app, Tapatalk, yet? I've used it for a long time, actually. Tapatalk is this, um, you know, forum website app right so there's a couple of websites that i go to uh chiefsplanet.com which is obviously kansas city chiefs based you know message board it's built on vb bulletin uh and there's another there's a couple other ones that i would go to and then basically this just aggregates all those forum sites that use vb bulletin or maybe even phpbb is another bulletin board uh code um but, but they the different sites they'll pull in and so you have this huge amazing list of forums that you can go into i got there's a kansas jayhawk one that i'll go into but um tapa talk is a great app and this latest piece of news is they're going to start rewarding its 300 million users with ken cryptocurrency which ken was created by kick kick has you know created this sort of open source uh cryptocurrency called ken and the price right now is is near its all-time low and it's gaining more and more adoption to, man, I just, I can't believe it, the low, how low the price is and, and the great news that's coming out around it. Yeah, it's at point oh 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 two nine. I mean, that's what? like, yeah. Oh, my God. It's, Wait, it's, it's, it's here, so. Now, of course, there's only 10 trillion of them in supply, um, you know, mm -hmm. but the market cap is almost 22 million on it. And um, there's got to be a lot of people hodling because the Ken app is pretty cool. Wow. That is like less than a thousandth of a penny, isn't it? Yes, it is. <sighs> Good you, Lord. You can have many Ken. So these guys are, yeah, they're going to reward the Tapatalk users. 300 million of these users are going to get Ken crypto. Mm -hmm. That's a pretty solid partnership. Yeah, right? there's just some other really cool apps that's popped up with Ken. Like, what was that one called? Kenit, K-I-N-I-T, mm -hmm. where you literally go there and you answer some survey questions and then you earn Ken. And then, but in that app, they have Ken pegged to a penny. So once you get 500 points, then you're able to exchange that out. I got a $5 Amazon gift card just for answering questions on that. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I know you did too. I think you got an Apple or something. Um 
you had a real apple and you ate it and it was crispy and delicious. Uh, remember uh, our friend Patrick Byrne, the CEO of Overstock. We had, him on, we had him on very early and Overstock is, is making a super bold move here, though. They apparently are selling off the retail business to put their focus on blockchain. Mm. Yeah. Can you imagine that? I mean, we've had great conversations with, with, with Patrick. We've had one conversation, and then I know also that Rachel had a conversation with him. I would love to get him on the show again to talk about this move because Overstock, you know, they're everywhere. I mean, they, they wanted to become like an Amazon, but he said that basically – you know the the price that they that they're that they are uh, you know profits at the end of the year are going to be nowhere near where profits are going to be when it comes to blockchain. So he basically said, let's let's actually move our business over and focus on our blockchain investment arm and our T zero project and our other stuff and uh, move out of move out of the retail business. So the question is, is what happens if they are acquired by Amazon? or walmart you know because overstock accepts crypto so if an acquisition takes place will those businesses continue to accept crypto could that be the the doorway that opens up i don't know it's gonna be interesting to see what are they gonna do they're gonna spin off are they still gonna be called overstock or they're gonna spin off all their blockchain stuff into one project and then just sell all the other assets and say you can't have any of these blockchain stuff if you try because right now if somebody came in and tried to buy their company because their price goes down low or whatever, they could go in and do one of those, try to, you know, take a company over. Couldn't they, they would get all the assets at that point. I don't know. That's just mergers and acquisitions and hostile takeovers. And I just don't understand all that. I don't either, but I'm looking forward to this. You know, we've been talking for close to a year now about Siren Labs coming out with the first blockchain enabled smartphone. That mm-hmm. will be more secure than your uh, your current Apple or Android device, and will also act as a cold storage unit. Apparently, they're getting closer and closer to launching this thing. Do we have a date on it? Don't see a date, but they have their own token, the SRN token for Siren Labs. They were able to raise about $157 million on their ICO, and this is going to be an Android-based and it's called the Finney smartphone, F-I-N-N-E-Y, uh, for Hal Finney, uh, who was uh, the guy who received the very first crypto or Bitcoin transaction from uh, Satoshi Nakamoto. So, so here, here's the only thing that gives me pause. It's still a Google phone. Right. Right. Yeah. So they're, they're, you know, my goal is to get off of all things Google completely. I mean, my you know, email drive um you know docs i i want to get everything off of google and that is my goal in 2019 to de-google fi because mm-hmm. uh, i don't trust them so you know this i have an approach avoidance feeling about the siren phone mm-hmm. well because it is android i don't i have an ios device i you know i there's so many things, so many complaints that could be made, but like, here we are, we got these space age phones and it's, everything should be amazing. Just like what, what's, what's the dude said, here we are, we're flying in airplanes and on Wi-Fi. everything should be amazing, but we're still bitching. Um, but we want privacy. We want security. We want privacy. If we have crypto on our phone, it needs to be secure. 
Uh, we did have an amazing podcast interview uh, that came out last week with the CEO of Rivets, uh, uh, Stephen Sprague and Vinny Lingham of Civic. And they're working on a, a process as well for phones, which is really interesting. So Siren Labs is doing some stuff r- right now as well. But there are some other people in the works that are doing things to make the world a better, safer place for blockchain and your phone. Because, I mean, I remember John McAfee made this quote on one of his one of his things uh, one of his uh, presentations not long ago said, if you're keeping your crypto on your phone or you're keeping your crypto on your computer, like there's going to be one day where that all just gets wiped out. Somebody's just going to steal it all. There's going to be a coordinated attack. You got to keep that stuff in hard wallets. You got to keep that stuff in cold storage. You can't leave big amounts of crypto in easily accessible locations because you will get hosed. So blockchain phones are going to be something that we're going to see more of moving forward. And 5G, you know, as we move to that space as well, Hopefully we get a new uh, decentralized mobile operating system that is compatible with some of these existing apps because that could be huge. Yes, please. And speaking of Amazon, this article on Coindesk is all about Amazon has launched a new service for building blockchains. They announced Wednesday at their Amazon's Invent Conference, the AMB, Amazon Managed Blockchain Platform, is a fully managed service that makes it easy to create and manage scalable blockchain networks you'll be able to build platforms using hyperledger hyperledger fabric or ethereum but ethereum is not yet available so you can't use crypto to buy anything on amazon but clearly amazon has their eyes on blockchain they understand the demand and they want Mm -hmm. you know users to be able to create blockchain solutions on their platform well, imagine this too, Mr. Jolcom. We've had conversations about masternodes, and we're going to, you know, have a greater discussion soon about, you know, what the hell a masternode is. Um, but what's interesting about that is that a lot of times you're hosting a masternode, you need to host it on a nice computer, a nice server in a secure way. So I could see Amazon Web Services, AWS, becoming a place where more people are holding uh, and, and storing masternodes and running masternodes off of AWS. So that can even become more of a consumer play, not an enterprise level play, but it can be somebody who wants to have masternodes. If you can easily scale those up on AWS, that could be really convenient because right now, for most cases, if you want to do a masternode, you got to go to the C prompt on your computer. You got to type all this stuff in. Maybe you got to even go into Linux and do all this stuff that most people have no idea how to do. But some masternodes are getting so simple, which is like a one point, one button click and it installs your masternode for you. Uh, we'll have more conversations about masternodes come for, coming up in the next couple of weeks or month or so. Years, decades. Years. Well, we're yeah. going to talk about them at some point. Yeah. Yes, master. So remember last year when CryptoKitties became all the craze and people were able to buy and sell air, basically, you know, these images mm-hmm. of cats on blockchain. Well, now somebody has taken that idea to the real world space and they are creating and launching the first collectible physical toys on blockchain. It's called Crypto Kaiju. And there are 130 different vinyl toys that are traceable on the Ethereum blockchain. And they're Mm. fun looking too. They're like, you know, they're very Japanese in their style. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if you go to crypto kaiju.io, that's crypto K A I J U.io, you can look at their website, it talks about how it all works. These collectible vinyl toys. Uh, there's provenance, 
which means you're able to authenticate each particular kaiju uh, as it is as it is uh, sent out. Then you're going to have the various different uh, you're going to kaiju is based on your favorite cryptocurrencies with a range of different designs planned for each release. So like each batch is going to be have different variants based on if you're being paying with Ethereum or paying with Bitcoin or something. I don't know. Each toy is backed by non fungible token meaning that no two kaiju are exactly the same. That has to be a nightmare when it comes to mass production. Mass yeah, production of them. Well, it says here that each one will be represented by a token that is in a smart contract, and each toy has got its own unique metadata. So that's going to include its birthday, its gender, color, a description, and two personality traits. For example, intelligence and creativity. Certain mm. traits and colors will be scarcer than others. So, you know, it's like having the the rare crypto kitty, only these will be physical toys. And of course, collectible toys are a huge market. You know, like those Funko pop, you know, things that you see everywhere. My kids my kids got one of those uh, loot crates, right? And he gets some of those like pop things that pop in every single month. There's right. actually they actually have subscriptions on this. So you can get an individual uh kaiju uh, with the with the Genesis, uh, beginning with Genesis, every month limited qualities, uh, limited quantities of individual kaiju will be purchased online, fifty five dollars each, or you can buy the mini Monster Marathon subscription and get a crypto kaiju sent to your home every month for six months, or you can do the Mega Monster one for twelve months, where every month you get a new one sent to you, and it's a one of a kind, and they'll look funny on a shelf, crypto things on your shelf. Probably. I'm not gonna lie, I kind of want to get one. I'm not going to lie. We're probably both going to get one yeah. just because it'll be funny. And then we'll hold it up and then we'll That's talk our, about our crypto kaiju. Nice. Uh, and speaking of pop culture, our last story for this week, I have not seen Wreck-It Rolf 2 yet. Uh, I saw the first one. It was okay. But this the second one's getting really good reviews. I kind of want to check it out. Apparently, there is a moment in it that there is uh, a crypto cameo. There's uh, some some quick screenshots in, in the uh, the film that would indicate uh, that is it is crypto aware. Mm. Interesting. I've not seen any of the Wreck-It Ralphs. I don't know anything about Wreck-It Ralph, and uh, I have nothing to add to this. That's perfect. I love when you have nothing to say. It's rare, but it's yeah. You know, I, I embrace that moment. Hey, everybody! <laughs> thanks so much for joining us for our bad news episode if you have not yet evangelized a friend to the bad crypto podcast this would be a great time to do it either uh say hey i need to check out your uh your mobile device there and then say let me just take a selfie but uh, pretend like you're taking a selfie but then actually go and install or subscribe them to bad crypto in whatever they use to listen to podcasts and if you're at their desktop computer just kind of go there and set it as their homepage. or you can just tell your friends and send them a link badco.in forward slash 210 that is our intro to crypto uh, podcast episode that we did around thanksgiving this year we've done a few of those but that's the latest one giving you the update so if somebody wants to know about the cryptos send them that and then let them, you know, do their own due diligence and research and go down the rabbit hole because that's what you did to help them go down the rabbit hole nice and easily. Do your own diligence and do it. Well, thanks again. Do it. We'll catch do you it. soon, Lee, on another episode because we, we're like the, the bad penny. It keeps turning up. 
Mm-hmm. We love you guys so much. We'll be back. We'll Stay bad. The Bad Crypto Podcast is a production of Bad Crypto, LLC. The content of the show, the videos, and the website is provided for educational, informational, and entertainment purposes only. It's not intended to be and does not constitute financial, investment, or trading advice of any kind. You shouldn't make any decisions as to finances, investing, trading, or anything else based on this information without undertaking independent due diligence and consultation with a professional financial advisor. Please understand that the trading of Bitcoin's and alternative cryptocurrencies have potential risks involved. Anyone wishing to invest in any of the currencies or tokens mentioned on this podcast should first seek their own independent professional financial advisor.